This podcast was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire. For more information on who we are and what we do, visit lifelanks.org. Amazing, didn't they do fantastic? Life News Live edition. So good. Really wonderful. Well, it's good to see you this morning. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, Are you ready? And if you've got someone on the other side, turn to them and say, you look ready. You look ready. Amazing. Well, I hope you are ready this morning. We've had a wonderful time already this morning. But I really believe that, that God wants to speak to us, that God wants to move in our lives because he is alive and active, isn't he? And he's at work and he wants to lead us forward in this journey of following him. And here this morning as we're gathered together is a wonderful place for that to happen. I believe that's what God wants. So are you ready? You look ready. Well done. Fantastic. Well, today we're going to pick up where we finished last week. This is part two of our new series, James on Life. And in this series, we are journeying through the book of James in the New Testament part of the Bible. And we are unpacking some of James's famous one-liners. And last week, we, uh, Pete was looking in chapter one and part of chapter two about a life of faith. And um, I heard great things from life groups this week as they were unpacking that together. But he, um, he finished with the, his final thought was that faith looks like action. That faith looks like action. And that's what James tells us in James chapter 2, verse 17. He says, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. I think he then dropped the mic. He doesn't hold anything back, does he, James? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. That faith looks like action. That, that our actions are like the evidence of our faith. Our actions on the outside evidence what's happening on the inside. That, that our faith is illustrated. It's made known to the world by our actions. That when faith is alive in us, it will spill out into our actions. And so today we're going to pick up on that thought and explore it a little bit more together as we consider a life of action. So let's have a look at the final section of chapter one. Are you ready? You look ready. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed 
in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. James says so much in just a few verses, and we're going to try and kind of summarize how, what we can learn from this if we're going to live a life of action, if we are going to be doers, not just hearers of the word. That's the verse 22 that we, we just read. If you might be familiar with that phrase, that's the New King James language, that, that we should be doers, not just hearers of the word. And so that's what I want to consider this morning. If we're going to live a life of action, how can we be doers, not just hearers of the word? And I think it starts with how we hear. That if our hearing is going to translate into doing, I think we need to think about how we hear. So that's what we're going to look at this morning. Is that okay? Are you ready? Fantastic. Well, firstly, I think James helps us understand we need to listen carefully. We need to listen carefully carefully. He says, whoever looks intently, whoever looks carefully. And uh, he, he, he says, do not merely listen to the word, but do what it says. And then he gives us this metaphor. He kind of paints this picture, this image. I don't know what, I don't know what the man looks like in your mind. You know, but he says, it's like a man who looks in the mirror, like a person who looks in the mirror and then comes away and instantly forgets what he's seen. And I've got compassion for this person. I don't know about you. But because I sometimes find myself walking upstairs and then wondering why I went up there and what I was going for. Or, you know, I'll just pop downstairs to get X, Y, Z. And then when I get down there, can I remember what X, Y, Z is? No. I find something else to do. Walk back upstairs. And then, oh, I know I went downstairs in the first place. Does anyone else do that? I've got compassion for this person who looks in the mirror, walks away, and then forgets what they've seen. And I wonder if that was you... If that was you, why would it be? If you looked in the mirror, walked away, and forgot what you'd seen, how would that be? Why would that be? You know, I wonder if it was, if it was me, I wonder if it was that I hadn't looked properly. I wonder if it was that I hadn't looked intently, if I hadn't looked carefully. You know, like I'd stood in front of the mirror, but I hadn't really looked. When I was 14, my friends and I had this, had this routine we had this tradition, this habit that we would do at about 10 past nine on, on a Friday morning on the way along the corridor. And we were on our way to full school assembly. And that was quite a daunting prospect, streaming into a huge hall with 750 other teenagers. That sounds scary, doesn't it? And um, I would turn to my friend and say, does my hair look okay? And she would say, yes. And she would say, does my hair look okay? And I would say, yes. And we were good to go. We had the confidence we needed to brave that situation, to walk into the full school assembly. And there was one morning that I remember really distinctly where I turned to my friend and I said, does my hair look okay? And she said, yes, but you have ketchup on your face. (laughs) And um, we didn't have like fry-ups for breakfast in my house. We had cereal. So I don't know how long that ketchup had been there. But let's say, let's give me the benefit of the doubt that it, was, it got on there at breakfast somehow. 
I had interacted with my family. I had sat on the school bus with my friends. I'd seen my form tutor at registration before assembly and 29 other students in my class. And yet, it took until 10 past nine when I posed the question, does my hair look okay, for someone to tell me that I had ketchup on my face. Now, that was quite a horror, and that was quite a traumatic experience, as you might be able to imagine. And I could blame everyone else, and if I was, when I was 14, I probably did. But there was a mirror right by our front door that I looked in every day before I left the house. And um, I must not have looked carefully that morning. I must not have looked intently that morning because seemingly I looked and then walked away and forgot what I looked like because I did nothing about the ketchup that was on my face. Now from that day, we, ad we adapted our routine to does my hair look okay and do I have anything on my face? So it never happened again and I was able to walk into full school assembly confident as I could be at age 14. But seemingly, I looked and totally forgot. But really, it's because I didn't look carefully. It's because I didn't look intently. Because I didn't look deeply. And if we are going to be doers, not just hearers of the word, then first, I think we need to hear carefully. We need to listen carefully. We need to create some space to listen to God, to listen to the voice of Jesus who's revealed to us in Scripture, making space to hear his voice, to study his word, to experience his presence, to listen carefully and intently and deeply, because that kind of listening translates into doing. You know, James gives us good advice in this passage about when we're talking and interacting with others. He says, everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. I'll just give you a moment to write that on your to-do list for the week. <laughs> everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. I don't know if you feel like you're pretty good at that. I don't know if you feel like the people around you are pretty good at that. But I sometimes wonder if, if I sometimes find myself in conversations and I think, Am I being quick to listen and slow to speak? No, if I'm honest, what I am being is distracted from listening because I'm preparing to speak. Do you ever find yourself doing that? You think, actually, I'm not really listening because I'm getting ready to say my next thing. Anyone else willing to confess? Thank you. Honest people. Or, or maybe you've been on the other side of that and you've thought, this person isn't listening carefully because they're just preparing for their next thing, their agenda, what they want to say. But when we listen carefully to others and to God, it, it avoids pain, it avoids misunderstanding, it deepens relationship, and it changes the way that we do. If we're going to be doers, not just hearers, then the way we hear must be careful. It's equally true of our walk with God, isn't it? When we listen carefully to God... We position ourselves to become doers, not just hearers, because we first heard clearly. Now, about 20 years ago, I was sat in a, um, in a church meeting where the person who was leading created some space for us to hear from God. He said, some of you have got some questions that you need to ask God. And so in that moment, I took the opportunity to bring my plans before God. I was 17 and I was getting ready to make like, my first decision about what was I going to do with my adult life. 
And I really wanted to, and I believed that God wanted me to do this, um, to join this project that was based in Manchester. I grew up on the south coast. And um, it, I really believed at 15, 16, 17 that what God wanted me to do was to relocate to Manchester, to join this project that worked in the inner city estates, not just worked, but lived there for five years or more, being salt and light in community, reaching out, not to the people that you kind of go and, and do a project with, but the people next door and the people across the road and the people on the other street, living a missional life. And that was what I felt, I thought that's what God wants me to do. But in that moment, I kind of held it before God and I listened carefully. And in that moment, I felt God speak to me in the most clear and direct way I've ever felt God speak. As I, as I, as I thought through my first kind of adult decision. And it was, it was a confirmation. It was an affirmation. It was a yes, this is what I've prepared for you. And so I stepped out and I did it. And when I look at my life now, 20 years later, the things that I am doing, the people that I'm connected to, the place where I am, the place where I live, everything about my life spans from this moment at age 17 where I took some space to listen carefully, to listen intently, and then do what I heard God speak. I wonder for you, how could you make space this week to hear his voice, to study his word, to experience his presence? Because when we listen carefully, when we listen intently, then it flows into our doing. The second way I think we should listen if we're going to become doers, not just hearers, is to listen actively. It's to listen actively. You know, active listening makes a big difference. You'll know that if you've been on the receiving end of it, that when someone is actively listening, it makes such a big difference. And this is the definition of active listening, if you've ever wondered. The practice of engaging closely with what a speaker is saying and indicating understanding, typically by asking relevant questions, using gestures, and summarizing. Now, that's not quite what I mean this morning. I'm going to create a different definition, and I think I'm allowed to do that because that's active listening, and I'm saying listen actively. So it's a totally different thing, okay? Let me tell you what I mean by listen actively. I mean listen, then have a go. I mean, hear something, then put it into practice. Make a start. Do something. Don't wait until you've kind of got it all together, till you fully understand it, till some point in the future when you'll be ready. But listen actively. Listen and do. Listen and do. Have a go. Take a step. Move forward a little bit more. Listen, then action. Listen, then action. You see, because when we do that, I think what it does is it's like it builds up our muscle memory and it positions us for a life of action. You know, sometimes I think it's easy to look at other people and think like, wow, when I'm like them, then I'll be able to do something. Then I'll be able to have a go. When I, when I get there and, and look at people and think, oh, it must be really easy for them. You know, they, they share their faith so effortlessly. They must have just woken up one day and it was like that. No, they heard and they had a go. And they probably made some mistakes. And they're probably terrified on the inside. Or look at other people. The way they serve God, the way they interact with their family, the way they shine for Jesus in their workplace, it just seems to come effortlessly. And I could never be like that. 
No, but how about you listen actively? Listen, then have a go. Listen, then do a little bit. Because when you do that, it's, it's like we listen with our whole body, not just with our minds. It's like it goes beyond information in our minds, but to an experience in our whole body. I, um, you might have heard me talk about this before, but I play netball. Netball is my sport. And um, if you've never heard of netball, it is similar to basketball, but not inferior to basketball. I also never said superior. Some people say, it's like, it's like, I've heard people say it's like basketball, but not as good. And I'm like... So you, have to, you can probably guess you have to get the ball in the net, and that's my job. There are seven people on a team, and only two of them are allowed to do that. That's why it's harder and requires more skill than basketball. And so my, 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 position is, my position is goal shooter, and so it says what I have to do, although we never call it a goal, we call it a net. So I should perhaps be net shooter, that's my job. And so just this week I was playing netball, and um, the sun was really inconveniently positioned, because I found myself about here, the net, I want to say it was like all the way over there and I got it in, but it wasn't. It was about here, and the sun was right there. So here I am with the ball, the hopes and dreams of all my team resting on me to get this goal in. We lost anyway. Um, and, and I look at the net, and I can't see anything because of the blinding sun. And then I think, now I can't see anything because I've just got to kind of close my eyes. But somehow, definitely twice, because I remember that. I don't remember how many I didn't get in. Somehow it goes in, when I may as well have had my eyes closed. Now, why is that? It's because my muscles remember from the week before, and the week before, and the week before, and back to when I was about 15 years old, my muscles remember what to do, even when my eyes are closed. And I think when we start listening actively, it's a little bit like that. It's a little bit like we find ourselves thinking, how on earth am I going to do this massive thing that's in front of me, get this ball in this net when I can't see anything? But it's like our muscles remember. And when we listen actively, when we listen and we have a go, when we listen and we make a step, when we listen and we put something into practice and we, and we step out, we listen, action, listen, action, listen, action. Before we know it, we become one of those people that other people look at and think, wow, I could never do that. How, how did they get there? Well, by listening and having a go. Listening and having a go. Putting it into practice. You know, last week, Pete asked the question, what are you not doing that God's asked you to do? And I'm going to guess that there were some of us who were like, I know exactly what it is. And that last week, I'm going to guess there are some of us that didn't do it. Because I know how life goes. You know, Monday morning rolls around. It's easy, isn't it, to kind of be focused on the next thing. And so my question this morning is, what are you not doing that God has already asked you to do? And how can you have a go this week? How can you listen actively this week? How can you take a step, have a go, move forward a little bit, put something into practice? How can you take that first step this week? So if we're going to be doers, not just hearers of the word, I think it really matters how we hear, because that translates into our doing. So we must listen carefully or intently, as James puts it. Must listen actively, be on, kind of on the edge of our seat, ready to have a go. And I think we need to listen humbly. 
James says, humbly accept the word planted in you. Humbly receive the word planted in you, the voice of Jesus who is revealed to us in scripture. And, you know, when we're humble, it means that we're teachable. When we're humble, we're not defensive when we're challenged. We don't blame everybody else because I've got ketchup on my face. You know, we're, we look inwards and we're, we're ready to do the hard and sometimes painful work. You know, throughout this passage, there are some challenges for us. As I said, James doesn't hold back. Be slow to become angry. That's a challenge. Keep a tight rein on your tongue. That's a challenge we must humbly accept. Get rid of all moral filth. Wow. And the evil that is so prevalent, he's not holding back. He says, keep yourself from being polluted by the world, by the values and the ideologies of the world. There are some challenges in this passage that we must hear humbly, that we need to reflect on, perhaps. Because a life of action doesn't just include the things that other people see. It doesn't just include the things that, that kind of are evident on the outside, the, what people see as they look in. A life of action also means the hard work that we do with what's on the inside. In some ways, that's the most important action that we walk through as Christians, that process of digging out the stuff that shouldn't be there, of dealing with the issues, of facing the addictions, of breaking the harmful habits, of becoming more like the character of Christ. We don't do that on our own. And we don't do that through, through our own strength, but it's through partnership with God, isn't it? And the power of the Holy Spirit but it impacts what we do, who we are on the inside. Our character in the choir impacts what we do. And if we're going to be doers, not just hearers, then how we hear matters. We must hear humbly, ready to respond. Because when we do that, when we're changed on the inside, because we respond to God's spotlight, you know, have you ever felt that moment where God just shines his light on something on the inside that you didn't know was there and it's a bit uncomfortable? But when we respond to him, when we, when we come to him in, for forgiveness, when we work that through with other people, when we, when we get help and when we get support, when we lean on the power of the Holy Spirit to transform us more into the likeness of his son, it changes everything that comes from us. All of our actions A life of action is different because we've heard humbly and we've responded. In the Proverbs, tell us how important this is. Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, Above all else, guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. When we're changed on the inside, it changes everything that we do because everything we do flows from who we are. And so we must listen humbly even when it's the uncomfortable prompting of God, maybe through another person, maybe when we want to just jump to defense or block out that voice, we must listen humbly. 
and deal with the things that are inside that are not in line with the heart of God for us. Because everything we do flows from who we are. You know, sometimes I wonder if it's our doing that distracts us from that. You know, I wonder if sometimes some of us might know there's stuff I need to deal with, but I'm going to distract myself from serving others. Because that is good. Serving others is good. But our actions should not distract us or be, be a focus that takes us away from doing the hard work of, of what is on the inside, of that day-by-day, step-by-step process of becoming more like Jesus, being transformed into his likeness. And just in these moments, I want to give us a chance to, to reflect on what we've heard, on how we're listening. If we're going to be doers, not just hearers, then it matters how we hear. And so just in this space, I just if, if it helps you, you might want to close your eyes and just give you a chance to focus, to reflect, to listen. So if we're going to live a life of action, a life that flows from our faith in Jesus, that illustrates and evidences our faith, then it starts with how we hear. So listen carefully. Lean into his voice. Listen actively. Listen, then have a go. Listen, then have a go. And another go. And another step. And listen humbly. When God gently shines his spotlight on something in you that is inconsistent with the character of Christ. Respond to him. Because he doesn't do that to show you up. He does that to take you by the hand and walk you closer to the person of Jesus. So let's just take some time in this space to listen. You know, maybe there is a question that you need to ask God, like I did 20 years ago when someone created a space for that. Maybe just quietly ask God your question. Maybe there's an area in your life, maybe you don't know what the question is. Maybe just hold that area, that weight, that challenge, that opportunity before him. Maybe there's something that you that God has already spoken to you about that last week or maybe you weren't here last week but you you know you need to do something about it why not in this moment decide what you are going to do about it this week 
maybe as we've been talking about humbly responding to God and to his challenge and his, his gentle spotlight, maybe there is something that is coming to the surface. Maybe it feels a little bit uncomfortable, but if that's you, I hope that you can feel that relationship with God in community is a safe space in which to deal with those things, in which to get support and help with those things. And I would encourage you, if there is something that that is at the forefront of your mind, that you need to do something with, deal with, kind of root out, I would encourage you as we go from here to share that with someone else, someone that you love and trust. It might be someone in your life group or your family or your team. Respond with humility to the prompting of God. Because you don't, once you know that there's a weight you're carrying around, it suddenly feels heavier when you realize it's there. And God's heart for you is to let it go, to put it down, to work it through. Father, we just thank you for your goodness to us. Father, I pray that we would be a community of doers because we hear well, because we listen carefully and actively and humbly. Father, I pray that you would change us from the inside out. That everything that we do would flow from your character in us. God, would you give us the courage to respond to what you have spoken to us today? God, would you help us not be people who look and then forget? Not be people who forget what you've done in this moment, but who start to do even today, even this morning, even this afternoon. Father, we trust ourselves to you. We trust ourselves to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you found this podcast inspiring and helpful, then we'd love for you to get in touch via at lifelanks on social media or our website, lifelanks.org. Life Church, impacting our network.